just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. In just the past few months, we've said goodbye to some fave local spots, and so often the note on the door refers to a labor shortage. But is it a labor shortage, or is it a wage crisis? Which raises the question, how do we make the service industry a better gig? And what is our role as patrons? I asked local mixologist Alexi Fisher to give me her take and to help us make a guide to the new rules of tipping. It's Monday, March 6th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Alexi Fisher, bartender extraordinaire. In post-pandemic times, I personally am having an amazing time going out again. I'm hitting all my favorite bars. I'm enjoying what all of our talented bartenders have to offer in the way of cocktails. But I want to ask you what things are like right now on the other side of the stick. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't worked in a bar full time for a very long time, mm-hmm. but as a patron and also as a mobile bartending owner, it's been interesting. I've definitely seen the side of it where the burnout came a lot faster than I think a lot of service workers expected. Um. And that that is hitting hard. But I also see that at the same time, because people spent the pandemic learning about mixology and learning about crafting and learning about all these things, that they go into the bar and they almost have a little bit more of an appreciation. So Hmm. granted, yes, we are tired, but at the same time, I think at the same we feel a little bit more appreciated that mixology really is an art. Yeah. Okay. When you say burnout, do you mean like from being back in action? just like full steam? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because the things that have not changed are, of course, the pay and the uh, ad- like attitudes from customers and, of course, uh, like workload. Those things have not changed. Yeah. A lot of these people had kids during the pandemic, so now they have to try and figure out daycare. And we become so aware that these people are not robots, right? We, they are human people with emotions. And yes, their job is to help create a wonderful environment and a vibe and energy. But mm-hmm. by all means, they also have to do that for themselves. Right. And they are constantly the ones that are thrown under the bus. Yeah. Well, so I was looking at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of of Technology is living wage calculator before we chatted. Yes. And they named... A living wage for one adult with no children in Salt Lake County at $18.06 an hour. For one adult with two children, it's $47.24 an hour. Wow. So I ask you, do you think most bartenders in this city are making a living wage? 
Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. When I started my business, The Hammered Copper, my big thing was I wanted to make sure my very, very part-time contractors at least made above what the living wage should be, what I believe the living wage should be. Right. And I pay my staff starting at $25 an hour, Yeah, which is so much higher than the normal. Right. And it's so much higher than my competitors. And I have a lot of people who are like, well, how in the world do you make money? How is your business, you know, growing? And one, it's growing because we keep getting customers. But I, I never really started this business to become a, a millionaire. Right, right. I did it because I love, I love this part of the service industry, and I, I hope to keep doing this for a very long time. But it did not seem okay to me in any way, shape, or form for my staff to be making. 12, 15, or even $18 an hour plus tips. I needed them to make so much more. Like I said, $25 an hour, and they make tips on top of that. So they're making good money because they deserve it. I've trained all of them. They're, they provide great customer service. They take care of the guests that we work with. And because I pay them that, they show up. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, I want to make sure that they're taken care of. Yeah. And so, no, I don't feel like people in the service industry get taken care of and especially bartenders. I remember I worked at the Yarrow, which is no no longer oh my God, the Yarrow. Park City. Yeah. Yeah, now it's, and it's going to get a name change again. Wait, it's now the Double Tree? So it was it was the Double Tree. Okay. And it was the Double Tree Yarrow when I came in. The starting wage for bartenders behind the bar was 650. And <laughs> in Park was, City. In, in Park pa City. In Park City. And they're like, "Oh, well, you're going to make it off tips." I'm sorry. No, you're not. No, you are not. Because most of the time, the people that came to my bar were locals. And most of the time, locals didn't tip. And unless they were a very wealthy local, they didn't tip. And I remember when I got a pay bump, it was like a pay raise of $8 an hour. And then I also got insurance. And I remember I was so excited. I'm like, I'm making $8 an hour now. And I get insurance. And it still was not enough because I was living with my mom at the time. I couldn't afford to have a place by myself anymore. It was still so expensive. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was the thing you did. Right, right, right. Well, and I mean, like, I love that you brought up insurance because that's something, of course, I think about a lot in this industry is like, a lot of people don't necessarily have benefits or their package, like it varies, like it's not standard, it seems. And when we talk about the service industry, particularly bars and restaurants, one of the things that comes up a lot is like the margins are thin. These are extremely thin margins that these owners and operators are working with. So I guess like my follow up question to the living wage question is, who is this on? Like, is it on restaurateurs? Is it on the state? Is it on bad tippers? Like, who's responsible for raising the tide? I think it is on the state, and I believe it's on restaurateurs. Because restaurateurs, their whole goal, if they're going to this business, is to have a successful restaurant, which is one of the hardest things you can go in out there and do. That being said, it's not just about having a successful restaurant. You have to have quality staff, you have to have good food, and you have to have a consistent uh, guest flow. And the thing is, the one of those things that is the easiest to break is the staff. If you're not ca taking care of your staff, they will not go above and beyond for you. And I don't expect my staff to be able to 
ever feel like they have a part or a, like a part or a stake in my business to keep it afloat. Mm-hmm. That's not their responsibility. That is too much of a that's too much of a mental load to put on them. We are not a family, but we are a team and a team that works together and a team that makes sure that we feel all supported. It's making sure that my staff is taken care of. They will, more often than not, they have gone above and beyond for me because they know that I will take care of them. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Well, okay, I want to get into the new rules of tipping, because I think we are in a moment. And I have seen, I've been party to some heated debates about tipping when out with friends. And I'm hoping you can help us make a little bit of a guide here. So I've got some scenarios for you. Ready? Scenario one. I'm at the Froyo place. I make my little cup. I get to the counter. They flip the square on me. But it was self-serve. What's protocol? So I I have a tough time in these situations mm-hmm. because I know that one, it's self-serve. Two, the person behind the counter really, unless I asked them to do something, they didn't do anything for me. Right. I... <laughs> there are times when I'm like, this person's adorable. I will absolutely give like 10 or 15 percent. Yeah. Because I am the I am a service worker through and through. Right. But most of the time I'm one of those people that I don't tip if they <gasps> didn't come out and help. And I sometimes I feel really gross saying that now. <laughs> I have also been that person, like when they flip over the the screen, they're like, Hey, would you like to put a tip? I asked them, like, hey question, how much do you make an hour? They're like, oh, I make, you know, $14 an hour. 
absolutely. <laughs> if yeah. they're an adorable human being and they came, they offered me great customer service when I walked in the door, absolutely, I'm going to put a tip. But I will say most cases where it's a self-serve, I don't tip. Wow. Okay. I will be that person. <laughs> well, I think that's interesting because I do, and maybe it's just because I was raised Catholic, but I feel like whenever I get the screen, the screen to me implies that the notion that I will tip is built into this person's wage. If the square is being flipped, do we just assume that that person's boss is assuming that we're going to tip them? And is that like a contributor in what they make? I just don't know. You know what? If you're listening and you work at the Froyo place, can you let us know? Uh, yes, please let us know. Like, let me know. I want to know because if that is like if that's contingent on you, like, a part of your wage. Ah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes, you should absolutely be tipping. Okay, here's my next scenario. I got takeout, but I picked it up. What percentage am I tipping? Ooh, I tip, I still will tip at least a minimum 15%. Minimum 15. Okay. Yep. Okay. But if it was delivered, is it 20? I do 20. And the reason why is because most of the time they are using their own car and we live in Utah and those who live in Utah will probably agree with me, especially in Salt Lake County. We have bad drivers. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they are got my at risk. Yeah. Yes, they're at risk. So I the fact that they're getting my food to me hot and they're being nice about it. And I mean, uh, these people are doing the Lord's work, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> so completely I, agree. They, I feel like they deserve a minimum 15, 20%. Yeah. And uh, something I've wondered is like, if it's Grubhub or if you're using like a third-party app to order, do you even bump a little bit higher knowing that that app is taking a percentage? So I will do whatever the app suggests, and then I do cash on top of it. Oh. I'm one of those people. So no. I always have some cash there, mainly because it's like, I know that Grubhub and like DoorDash and all those places take a portion and like from the restaurant, from the driver. So it's like, I can give this to them and it's theirs. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I'm glad you brought it up. Pause. Tell us why we should be tipping cash whenever possible, because this is something I've heard. So a lot of sales platforms, the POS systems that we've been using have, of course, that tipping sign that they'll flip over and be like, hey, do you want to leave a tip? Turns out a lot of the times that tip doesn't go back to the service worker. It goes to the company that owns the POS. Cash is a workaround. Cash is the workaround. And I know that most people are like, oh, I don't carry cash with me anymore. One, it's like if you were raised with a generation of, you know, older parents. Yeah. Cash is always going to be king because it's the one thing that will always get you where you need to go. And it's always nice to have just a small stash ready to go. And because I'm a bartender, I always seem to have like ones or $2 bills or like 20s or 10s or something like that always on me. And so when I do, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just I'm going to tip cash. Absolutely. Because one, I can make sure that they, that tip is going directly to who it needs to go to. And it will make sure that my server or my bartender feel like, okay, I paid attention enough to want to make sure that that person's taken care of. Yeah. Okay. My last scenario is I'm at my favorite bar. I got a cocktail. It was $14. What am I leaving? Minimum 20%. Minimum. Minimum 20%. Because one, a bar is not self-serve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as much as mm -hmm. I, uh, as much as I run into this, it is not self-serve. Because you walk up to the bar, people oh, think oh that's self-serve. With mobile bartending specifically, and nothing drives me more insane. I have people 
adult people who will literally reach over my bar and grab bottles or I've had people reach into my ice bin and grab ice. I'm like, what are you doing? You are an adult. Yeah. You got gross hands. I don't care if you wash them. You got gross hands. Get them out of my ice bin. (laughs) Yeah. That is one of my big things. Um, And I have snapped at many a people for that. (laughs) But if you have a good bartender and you're paying $14 for a drink, which is typically not a Jack and Coke, it is going to be a quality cocktail. Mm -hmm. Means it was probably shake and stirred, quality put together, ratios were thought of. You probably have an excellent garnish for your artistry to top it off. That means work was put into that, just like your food, minimum 20%. And honestly, nowadays, I think it should be a minimum 30% because especially most of the time people are leaving tips on the receipt. So I honestly think it should be minimum 30%. These people deserve to be taken care of. Okay. This is something that I've like been wondering how to approach. Should we be having conversations with the bad tippers in our lives? Yes. Any tips? (laughs) (laughs) Tips on tipping? Tips on tips? (laughs) My mom is the worst tipper. My mom is the worst tipper. There have been many times the the check has come and she's like, oh, my treat. I'll take care of it. And I'm like, just so you know, I did the math. Here's what the tip is. And she'll look at me with like a side eye. And it's my mother. So, you know, it's that specific kind of mother side eye. And I have to specifically tell her it's a minimum 20%. Minimum. And she'll come back with like an excuse of like, well, they didn't refill my water or they didn't do this or they didn't take my plate or they took my plate too soon. Did they ask you if they could take your plate? And you said yes. Hmm. So they took your plate, took your plate when you told them they could take your plate. Did you ask, did they ask if you could refill your water? And you're like, no, I'm good. Or (laughs) did they pass by and saw that your water was three quarters of the way full, but your plate was completely empty. So they made the assumption that you were pretty much done with your water. That is the job of a service worker is to be able to make, make those estimations based on the, the actions of the people dining. I was working at again, another bar in park city, and I will never forget this. Uh, And this shows exactly the rudeness of that customers can be, but also the lack of support that you can get from your management. I remember I was taking care of this two-top and this lady's plate was completely clear, might as well have been licked clean. Mm -hmm. And I asked this woman, may I take your plate? Her glass was completely full. She had a new fresh glass of wine and she said yes. And then I took the plate And I did not, I guess I should have realized that she wasn't talking to me because she didn't look at me when she said yes. She smacked my hand like I was a child who (gasps) reached for something that I should not have. And she's like, I did not say you could take my plate. And I'm like, well, excuse me. And I literally left the plate and I went to my manager and I told him what just happened. He's like, well, you shouldn't have taken her plate. And I was shook. Because one, that is assault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On a basic level, that is assault. Two, even after I explained to my manager what exactly happened, the complete scenario, he's like, well, you shouldn't have taken her plate. And so for me, I mean, actually, this tip table actually didn't even tip me. Zero. It was an experience that stuck with me almost six years later um, because it was so like, 
I was very taken aback. Yeah, I 100% am one of those people that you do not, one, know what experience that that service worker has gone through. Two, you do not know how hard they're working. And especially right now, people are working double, if not triple the positions in a, we're getting paid for a single position because we are short staffed. So minimum 20, 25, 30%. Right. Plus, I don't care if they didn't smile at you. See above <laughs> about people not making a minimum wage. Yeah. Yes. I will yes. tell you, like, I was a server all through high school and college, and I got better as I spent time in the industry. But my very first day ever waiting tables, it was at Marie's Italian Kitchen. I was 15. <laughs> and... Um, legal in Florida. So our protocol was that if someone orders a water, you put ice and you put a lime wedge on it. Florida. We thought that was fancy. very fancy. So I brought this guy this water with a lime wedge on it and set it down in front of him. And he goes, oh, I actually don't want I don't want a lime on my water. And I said, no problem. And I plucked that lime right off the rim of that glass and walked away with it. <laughs> my boss was like, did you you didn't. You didn't just reach your hand into that man's glass. And you know what? That guy still tipped me. So. <laughs> I mean, you solved the problem. You gave him a solution. No lime, no problem. It's coming back with me. Yes. <laughs> Got you covered, my guy. Got you covered, my dude. <laughs> I feel very empowered by your new tipping rules. I'm ready to get out there and get in fights with my friends who are bad tippers. <laughs> Not going to lie. would love to be on a fly on the wall. Love it. <laughs> Maybe I'll stage an intervention and invite you. Oh, my gosh. I'll serve the drinks. We'll get a talking <laughs> stick. Oh, yeah. It'll be a drinking intervention. That'll be like a real flip, a real flip of Yay. the switch. That sounds like a, the best time. Alexi Fisher, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I This was the best. In addition to her mobile bartending company, Alexi runs the Cocktail Collective, where she teaches classes on the history of different drinks. For example, last month she did the history of love potions. You can find all her offerings at cocktailcollect.com. Just to name a few, I'm seeing Mixology and Moon Magic for Good Luck this Saturday, March 11th, and Women Created Spirits on March 25th. All right. Here's a little news before we go. The Utah legislature did tackle tipping this session. Just a touch. SB 73, Gratuity Amendments, updated Utah law to codify the practice of tip pooling. That allows fast casual restaurants to share tips that are collected at the point of sale, even though fast casual employees aren't historically considered tipped workers, like they don't serve you at a table. For example, like you go to Even Stevens, you go to Central Ninth Market. That's what we mean. The practice has always been fairly common, but it wasn't formally allowed. Updating the code makes tip pooling legally permissible, though not mandatory. And it leaves it up to restaurant managers and owners to determine how the tip pool is run. I would file this under boring, but impactful. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We'll be back tomorrow and Wednesday with a two-part Here's everything the legislature did to your life this session. Legislative recap. You know there will be booze news because we will have Fox 13's Ben Winslow in the house. See you tomorrow as we break bills into plain language. Bye. Bye.